0: Welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ann, the blogger and content creator at Real Happy Mom, where moms can find encouragement and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. I also have this podcast to introduce you to other moms from various walks of life. And today I have Dr. Jessica Larson. She's going to help us tackle the issue and the phrase of, I don't have any time. So if you find yourself saying that phrase over and over, you definitely want to stick around and listen to this episode. Now let's jump into episode number 46 of the Real Happy Mom podcast. All right, Jessica, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am excited to have you today because you are going to help us tackle this issue that many moms have. But before we jump into that, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about you and your business.
1: Yeah. So I am a psychologist. I, um, I'm i a mom. And I recently have been building a business online to help support moms in their self-care. I think so much of my work as a psychologist. I worked with kids and families for years. And over time, one of the main things that I've noticed is that parents in general need a lot more self-care and just need to be really prioritizing themselves. So that's really led me to just want to get out there and kind of get the message out there. Cause I think a lot, there's a lot of issues that we will probably unpack some of them today mm-hmm. um, that get in the way of people being able to really take care of themselves. So my business is called Mama B Self-Care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really want to hear more about that, but you have some helpful information for us on this issue with, moms that like to use the phrase, I don't have time. And that's one of the common phrases I feel like many moms say is I don't have time. So I just wanted you to talk to us about how we can shift our mindsets so that we can have more control over our time.
1: So one of the main things I work with moms on is the way that we're talking about our time and the way that we're talking about just our what, how we're spending our time. And yeah, one of the main things we say, and I say it all the time too. So I'm never going to say that (laughs) I'm completely clear of any of these things. I just now have strategies to help me when they pop Mm -hmm. up. And so when a mom says to me, I don't have any time. Um, I really like to talk to them about how you can just shift the way that you're describing it. So for me, I would say, I'm not prioritizing the time for, and whatever it is. So if I was going to say, I don't have any time to exercise, it would be actually, I would, Reframe it, and I would say it as, I'm not prioritizing my time for exercise right now. And by doing that, it brings the power back into my hands. And so, um, and and I mean, there's so many things in terms of the way that American culture is set up that makes it really challenging for us. So I'm not downplaying the fact that like we really don't have a lot of time for outside things. We've got the kids. We've got we got work most of us work full time and so you have a lot on your plate already and so i never want to downplay the like the severity or realness of that for people mm-hmm. but i really do think that when we start getting into the habit of just always saying we never have time for anything that's good for us then we just continue to perpetuate that reality in our lives so if you can take a step back and say to yourself okay I, instead of saying I don't have the time for this, I'm going to start saying I'm not prioritizing the time. That is one simple shift that can help you then start saying, okay, how am I prioritizing my time? What am I doing instead of exercising or instead of seeing friends or instead of going to taking walks at night or whatever? So there's there's ways then that it can make you start to question how you're spending your time and then leading to hopefully some action.
0: Got it. Got it. So you have a program that focuses on four areas that can help moms that feel like they don't have time. So can you walk us through those four areas of your program?
1: Yes. So the first thing that I always start with, um, women on is mindset. It's, and mindset is so broad, but it's really the way, like I, like I was just saying, the way that we talk to ourselves, the way that we think about our time, the way that we think about taking care of ourselves, there's a lot of things that we need to either overcome or like learn strategies when those issues pop up. One of the main things, um, a lot of moms complain about is having mom guilt. It's really hard to go out and do things when you're just feeling guilty about it all the time. So you may wanna go do certain things, but then it takes your time away from your kids and so you feel guilty about that. So that's a natural thing that is popping up um, for a a ton of women and it pops up for me all the time. Um, But then there's ways, there's strategies that we can really help alleviate some of that guilt. Um, Some of that comes from ourselves and some of that comes from the people around us to help us recognize And one of the main strategies I use is to say, is it justified or is it unjustified? So you know, if I'm feeling guilty about something and I really hurt somebody and I really did something wrong, I should feel guilty. That's a natural emotion. That's a natural response to that. With mom guilt, majority of the time when we feel guilty or when we talk about mom guilt, it's it's unjustified. Like I didn't do anything to hurt my child. Me going and taking care of myself or me setting boundaries and not signing up for everything under the sun um, that may be more involved with my kids or whatever. That is that is not a that's not a reason to be guilty. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's mindset. That's the first thing that we really work on. And that's really just one example. But the second piece is, is talking about your values and talking about how, what are the things that you would really want to be doing with your time if you could. Okay. And what I, a lot of what we do is actually like looking at your Take an assessment of your values, okay? So what are the things that are really important to you? And then the next piece of that is how much of your time are you actually allotting to those? Are you spending with those things? And so for many of us, when we start doing that, it could be like, well, at 90% of what I want to be doing, I'm not you know, feeling like I'm able to do because of time constraints or whatever. So my suggestion is really just pick one thing. So do a values assessment. You know, when I say values, it's things like, um, you know, for people, it could be health, Um, It could be social, like friendship, family, faith, things like that. So really taking an honest look at your life and saying, what are my values and how much am I engaging with those every day, every week, every month, okay? And again, if you start doing some of that work, you can even just think of it yourself right now. Then thinking to yourself, what is um, one activity that I could add to my life that would help me get more in touch with those values? Okay, so the third piece is really looking at making a plan. So you can talk about these things, you can think about them, um, but really it's important to start making that plan in your life. And again, one of my biggest suggestions for people is get a shared Google calendar or get some kind of a shared calendar with your spouse, with family members, nannies, whoever it is, who are the people who are helping you with your kids. And if you don't have that, that's another piece of like how working towards building some more social support, because that's like one of those really important things that a lot of times people, moms, especially new moms feel really isolated. Like we don't have a lot of people. Now we're spending a lot more time at home. So if you can really um, broaden that social support, and sometimes it does take time. So if you don't have it now, it's not something to be um, worried about, but to think, you know, this is something I really want in my life. And so figuring out how you're going to get more of that. But so for me, with the Google Shared Calendar, I, I have that with my husband. So I just put my self care time, and we can to talk about what self care really is because so I've given some examples, but it's it's a lot broader actually than what I'm even saying. But there's things that I do, at, you know, every week, every month, where it's like this is the time for me. Okay, that could be again, you kind of attach it to what are your values, what are the things you want to be doing, and really making sure that that person understands that that time is your time that is not a time to say well actually i need you to do this or you know and for many of us it's getting over our own issues (laughs) like like oh i need to go grocery shopping and a lot of times you know if i have my two hours to myself uh, my first thought is like well i need to get these three things from the store i'm not Mm -hmm. saying don't do that like if you really do need to do that and that's going to give you peace of mind that's okay but just make sure that you're trying to consistently carve out some time to do the things that you really enjoy in your life And then my last um, piece that um, I really try to emphasize with people is actually taking action. There's so many barriers that get in our way of taking action. And there's a lot of evidence, a lot of research that can really show us how to really take action that's actually going to be sustainable. And that's going to to just basically work. Because a lot of times we might do something for like a week or two, but how do we actually make change that's going to last for a really long time and have a larger impact on our life?
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. And you brought up a couple of, of things here that I just wanted to go back on. So, the mom guilt is real. <laughs> mom uh-huh. is very, very real. And I'm pretty sure you hear some moms talking, you're like, seriously, you're beating yourself up about that. Mm-hmm. But is there anything that you found helpful? I know you mentioned identifying if it's justified or unjustified guilt, but anyways, so that moms know, okay, this is mom guilt and this is not like really something I need to like beat myself up about.
1: Yeah. I would say first when you, it's first of the awareness. So thinking for yourself right now, what does it feel like in your body when you start to feel that mom guilt? Um, where do you feel it in your body? So really trying to get some sense of, okay, what does it feel like in my body? What am I saying to myself in my mind? And so having that awareness is the first piece. And then the second part is really then having some things that you can say to yourself to help kind of bring you down from that. Cause really like, Mama guilt can really sabotage us very quickly, and it's not in the end, and then this will, in the long run, it's really not helping anybody. You, we think it's helping our kids because it's like that. Mom guilt can then lead us to make choices that maybe we spend more time with our kids or we do more for them, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't benefit anybody. Because if you're not spending that time taking care of yourself, you don't have as much to give to them, and. You're just going to be more burnt out, less happy, less quality of life. That doesn't benefit you, them. It doesn't benefit the world. We want you to be engaging in yourself with yourself and with life at the highest level. So that's kind of the other piece I would say is like Mm -hmm. once you recognize, okay, this is mom guilt. For me, the unjustified piece really works for me, but for other people, it might just be saying, okay, that's mom guilt. What do I do with that right now? And having some kind of a reframe for yourself, it might just be, you know, it might just be soothing yourself. Like, it's going to be okay. This is good for me. It's good for the kids. You know, whatever words work for you that can help soothe you and help you like kind of continue with down the path of what you were going to do before that mom guilt tried to get in the way. And the other part that's really important for people is getting people who are close to you in your life on board with helping you navigate that mom guilt. For me, a big person is my husband. And so he knows, cause I, I will still do it. I'll be like, Oh, I shouldn't go do that yoga class because it's Sunday and I don't get to see the kids and whatever. And he'll say, go do it. And he knows. So he, we've had those conversations enough that he understands that that's something that I need help with, and so he's one of the big pieces in terms. But you know, it's not just it's not all on him. Mm-hmm. It's that whole process of understanding it for myself, and then we're talking to myself, and then having kind of that added like he's like almost the outer core, like the outside where he's like that last step. <laughs> mm-hmm. If my internal stuff didn't work, so and that's really what I see with um, most moms is we need that awareness, we need that ability to kind of step in, and then having other people, whether it's friends or family to say you deserve that.
0: Yes, definitely. And that helps bring a lot more clarity to how we should be dealing with mom guilt. And I feel like a lot of times the mom guilt comes up when we're trying to take care of ourselves and trying to implement that self-care. And you brought up in values, you know, what do you want to do with your time? And I know a lot of moms want to do things for themselves, but They just don't, because typically they either feel guilty about it or they feel like these other things are more of a priority. So you are saying to actually get these things to happen is we have to make a plan and we have to put it on the calendar to make it happen.
1: Absolutely. For, I mean, and really, I think for most people, if it's not, when you are so busy, I mean, we really are busy. I, I, again, I don't downplay the the busyness of our lives, but if you don't have it on the calendar um, most of the time, then it just won't happen. So, and again, I say, guard that time on the calendar. Like it's the only reason I would ever let go of that time for myself is if there was some kind of a, an emergency or a really important reason. Like if, you know, my husband had to work or something, or, you know, we just, the, the babysitter, you know, calls in sick. There's reasons where you don't get to do it. I understand that, but it's not something where it's like, well, if we have time, then I'll take care of myself. No, it is like, this is, it's understanding and coming to that point where you are realizing this is so important. It's just as important as all these other pieces, like eating breakfast or um, taking showers or exercising or whatever. It's, it's just as important to your life and there's daily things you can do, too. But really, when I talk about putting it on the calendar, that's when I mean more like that structured couple hours a week uh, where it's just your time to do whatever it is that really connects back to to fulfilling you.
0: With keeping on this whole theme of self-care, you mentioned that there is this need for self-care. And you also kind of alluded to a little bit about how you define self-care. So I just wanted to hear a little bit of your perspective on what self-care is.
1: I think this is just, it's a great conversation to have because so often we get stuck in this idea that self-care just means massages or pedicures or time with my friends when I'm at the point of burnout. And so that, and that was for years. That was how I existed. Mm -hmm. It was just like, okay, I, I just threw out my back after, you know, like pushing myself so hard. So I'm going to go get a massage or like, I can't take it anymore. I need to go out and do X, Y, or Z. So, I mean, and I'm not saying that like massages and pedicures and time with friends, those are self-care as well, but that's not just what self-care is. It really is. And if you can get wrap your head around this, it can really change your life. It is an intentional practice. So it's a daily thing. It's a weekly thing. It's a monthly thing. And some of it is activities, as I mentioned. And a lot of it is really managing um, the way that we interact with ourselves and the way that we interact with the world. So beyond like, you know, really helping you navigate mom guilt, setting boundaries with people. I'm not saying yes to everything, letting go of maybe expectations that are put on you. So it's not, that, and that's not just like, a okay, just do it. it. You know, that is a process that takes time. It takes support. It takes work. And so um, that's the part where I think we don't think like, oh, self-care means setting boundaries. But if you can start thinking that and start to figure out, well, how can I, be as connected to myself as possible and connected with who I am and what I want to do. It's really beneficial. And a lot of it came out for me of just my own experience of feeling like I was super career focused before I had kids. I would do anything, say yes to anything Mm -hmm. Then I had kids and that helped me set boundaries a little bit, but I was still working more than a full-time job, just because I was like, well, they asked me and I really want to learn that, you know, they'd some good reasons, but, but at some point that became a tipping point for me, I ended up getting pretty sick and I ended up having to completely shift the way I was living my life um, and starting to really get more in tune with and just connected to that piece of what is it that I really want? And it's not always clear, but you know, what are those things that are really going to make life better? for me? And how can, and then, then how can I make the biggest impact on others? So it's not like always about the impact. Cause I think a lot of times women are like, well, we're nurturers and we want to help other people. And, um, we want to do things for other people and say, yes. But then there's that time where you really have to say, okay, is this really benefiting me, fulfilling me? I'm not saying everything in your life has to be fulfilling. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not like making lunches for my children is not like the best (laughs) way I would want to spend my time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like you know there's some things of course you're going to do because it's life mm-hmm. but there's also ways to like really just get more connected um and so often we just get really out of touch with who we are and what we want in life mm-hmm. um and you can do both i think a lot of times people will be like well i guess i'll think about my you know career um when the kids are out of the house or i guess mm-hmm. i'll take care of myself again when my kids are full day you know full day in school but it's like, no, you actually really can do both. It's challenging and you do need to take time and figure some of those pieces out, but it is possible.
0: And it's funny that you brought that up. And I know is with the psychology background, you'll probably find this one interesting too, that I was reading something about how we can implement this healthier lifestyle as far as like eating better foods and not indulging in a lot of those high calorie things. Cause my biggest thing is I'm an emotional eater. So I've been trying to watch that. So the thing that I was reading was just talking about how to pretty much just um, have better habits and how these habits over time, you will just naturally just start doing those things. And they were saying like, yeah, like you brush your teeth every day, but it's not like something that you like really think about. It's just one of those things that are, are habit. Like this is something I do every day. I wake up, I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, that kind of thing. And so. I, getting to that point of, okay, I'm going to do these things for myself. I'm going to take this time for myself. I think takes quite a bit of time for a lot of moms, but you brought up the, a good point about how we just need to start taking action and how that action can lead us to eventually getting to that point of it becoming a habit. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. And I think with like, you're hitting on a lot of that part about the the importance of making things a habit. And one, I think, this is, again, this is a larger, it's not like a, oh, I'm just going to start doing this today, but it's something to think about in terms of changing habits. A lot of what we also need to do is shift our identity or the way we think about ourselves. So mm-hmm. if you really are you know, committed to this new eating plan and it's like, you start to say to yourself, I am an exceptionally healthy person, or I am a healthy person or whatever it is, again, you, you can say however you want to yourself. But the point is really getting connected to this is who I am. And then when those times pop up where it's like, I'm really stressed out and I just want to like go for all the salt or the sugar or whatever, mm-hmm. saying to yourself, does a healthy person do that? And and, and I, I would never say don't ever let yourself indulge. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not here to say that, but it's like, it's that piece of really connecting to the, if this is my identity and this is who I really want to be then how can I really start talking to myself in the way as though I am that person? And that's how we become that. I mean, think about the things that we say to ourselves are so powerful. So like I've spent a lot of time in the probably the last 20 years saying I'm a disorganized person. Mm. So I haven't really been working on that one because I'm like, I know I can continue saying I'm disorganized. I can find all the evidence in the world to support that I'm disorganized, but really like no one else in my life would ever actually Maybe my husband, but beyond that, like no one would really call me that because I've achieved certain things. I've done certain things in my life where I've had to get organized to get there. Mm-hmm. So if I just start really gelling into, you know, I'm an organized person or I'm on top of things or whatever that piece of identity for me then I can start looking for the evidence in my world that shows that I, I am organized and I am on top of things. And I, you know, and then that leads to, okay, what do organized people do? Well, they make a plan, they get, they get things ready in advance, you know? So it's, it's like starting with the identity can almost be the more empower, powerful piece And you can write it on a card, you can put it, you know, wherever in the house or just in different spots in your life, or you can just remind yourself. Again, I always recommend just starting with one thing right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is giving yourself some grace. Because I think sometimes when we talk about action, it's like, we think, well, we got to do it all or nothing. And then if if I do have this night of emotional eating or something, then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, well, see, you just proved to yourself, like I'm, I'm an emotional eater and I can't, I can't control myself. Mm-hmm. Then we just like throw it all away. And so there's also this element of like saying, just like some compassion with yourself to say, you know what, that's okay. And you know what, maybe that is my idea of a healthy person is that sometimes I'm gonna have these moments where I just, I, you know, I eat something I didn't wanna eat and then I'm gonna do better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's this piece where I think we just have so such rigid expectations for ourselves and it's good to have high expectations, but it's also really good to be compassionate and graceful with ourselves to just say, you know, it's okay. It is okay. And I'm going to try better tomorrow. And you can really use that across the board. I do that a lot with my kids. If I just said something or if I lost my temper, it's like, I'm going to do better again tomorrow. And, and then repairing with them if necessary, too. But it's just, you know, that piece of instead of like, well, I'm just the worst mom in the world, you know, a lot of times we can get to that place of like, just if you do something, then all of a sudden it defines everything about you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a behavior, you know, it was an action and it was, made, you know, it's a mistake. And so then to just say, I'm going to do better and, and then really making, you know, the effort to do better. <laughs> so, yes. um, you know, because we can not just say, well, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better forever. But, you know, really knowing that that's a part of the process of movement.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, you brought up something here that was really good about identity. I think that that is huge, especially when it comes to how we view ourselves when it comes to time. Just because I know I, I say it a lot, like, oh, I'm so busy. I, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I, you know, I just can't do this. Or I." Have too much on my plate, or whatever the case is. But I forgot how the quote goes, but it's like, you know, you have the same 24 hours a day that Beyonce has. So it's just how you're (laughs) utilizing it and how you're making things work. Because when I really sit down and think about it, I'm like, I really didn't do anything important today. It was just busy work that seems like it was important, but it really wasn't. So I just wanted you to give us one practical tip that we can implement today so that we can either better manage our time or stop saying the I don't have time phrase.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's, um, it's huge. Um, I recently created like um, a worksheet that people could go through. And so it's actually right on this issue. Okay. Um, the, the idea is you look at, I honestly want you to just take a look at write down everything you're doing. Okay. And start, you, I mean, you could do literally everything in your world, but if that seems too overwhelming, then just start in one place in your life. So maybe it's like home life or family life or career, just write down every single task, every you know thing you're doing. And then really just take a look at that list. And I would say, start looking at what are the energizing tasks and what are the draining tasks? So you're starting to kind of get a better sense of, because some things some things we do and they energize us and they're exciting and it's it's not like work, it's like fun, you know, and that's great. So the more of those we can get in our life, the better. But then the next step would be to say, what of these things on my list can I let go of? Because, you know, if I'm the, um, you know, teaching coaching soccer and I'm the PTA member and I'm the Brownie leader and all these things. And if I love those and those are energizing, okay, I'll keep doing those. If I'm maybe saying yes to those because I think I have to, or there's pressure on me to do it or whatever, but I don't really want to and need that in my life, that might be something to let go. So you want to look at your list and say, okay, what do I want to let go of? What do I maybe need to like shift how I'm doing it? Um, and then another one is to say, is there anything that I could hire out? Mm-hmm. So if I'm on my list and I do this with my um, with my with my home, it's like I have I have somebody come and clean my house every two weeks, and I just don't want to spend my time doing that. I mm-hmm. want to spend my time doing other things, and it takes a lot of time to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that was one thing where I just then gave that away, um, and I obviously we pay for it, but it's like you. Then we spend our time in, um, and there's a lot of research actually behind that, that people who hire out for tasks that they don't want to do feel like they're leading a higher quality life. That seems kind of like, yeah, of course, you know what I mean? Like, and if I could give everything away, I would, but it's, it's still, it's one of those things where you're just saying, okay, on my list of everything that I'm doing what do I want to continue to do? What do I want to hire out? What do I want to say no to and just let go of? And, and then I said, what, are, what do I maybe want to tweak? Sometimes there's things that you could just tweak to make them easier. Um, but and, Or even when you think about, sorry, the hiring for help, you could also think about even asking for help. Because a lot of times, um, as moms, we're doing most of the work in the, in the home to keep the home running. And so, you know, are there things like, could I have my kids help with dinner? Could I have them set the tables? Could I have them clean, you know, their bedrooms, you know, stuff like that, that we may be taking on. So it's almost just shifting the way you interact with your time. I'm not going to give you more time, you know, but it's really being able to like interact with it differently. And yeah, I mean, people who go through this exercise have really said it's been super powerful because you don't even realize we're so overwhelmed most of the time. We don't even realize all the things that we have on our plate.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. Because sometimes I look and I'm like, how am I doing all of this? Like, this is just too much that I got going on. But when I do that self reflection, like you're saying, it does make it a lot easier so I can breathe easy and not get all overwhelmed and start acting out on everyone else around me. So that's really helpful. I think I'm going to have to do that again because it's been a while since I've done that. Now, one question I ask all of my guests is if you could have any superpower, what would it be?
1: I, hmm. okay, I'm just going to say it. I would love to fly. I wish I could fly. <laughs> fly, nice. <laughs> I'm going to be totally out there, but yeah, just plain and simple. I think it would be cool. <laughs> it
0: would be cool. You know what? It's so funny because my son is going through the space. He's into Sonic the Hedgehog, but before he was into Sonic, he seriously believed he could fly. Like he was a bird.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's all. so sweet. <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> like, so sweet, like, you, that's you so, sweet. Do it. so it would be nice like one time i was like i wish you could fly just one time just to make yourself so better. <laughs> i'm totally with you on that
1: flying would be pretty cool i'd like that
0: <laughs> jessica where can we find you online if we want to learn more about you and your business
1: yeah. So my website is drjessicalarson.com and Larson's with an O. Um, and that on my website, you can see all my blogs and I have book recommendations for moms. And then I also have a freebie. Um, right now my freebie is, I change it up every, I don't know, three to six months, but right now it's focused on three mistakes you may be making with your children and some easy strategies to help you through it. And so it, it really, a lot of it, it is really along the lines of things that we talked about today, but aligned more kind of specifically with how you parent. And then if you sign up for that in my email list, I also will send people um, 10 strategies to jumpstart your self-care practice as well. So I have another freebie that just kind of gives people ideas. If you just want to pick one thing to start with, sometimes it's nice to just have like a list of a limited amount of ideas. And then I'm also on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My handle's Mm -hmm. at mama B And that's M-A-M-A-B-E dot self-care. So follow me. I like to do Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, share stuff on there. And yeah, it's super fun. And I'd love to connect with um, anybody who's listening who would want to connect. I just think like this is such an important topic and people have such similar like experiences, but also really different. And so it's really always interesting to hear what everybody's going through.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I will make sure to include all of those links in the show notes so you can get those there. So thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on and sharing all this with us. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Tony. And you do such good work and I am really happy to follow you now too. Oh yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you,
1: Jessica. Thank you.
0: Now that does it for this episode of the real happy mom podcast to find the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to RealHappymom.com slash 46 and do me a favor. If you found this podcast helpful, I want you to rate and subscribe. This lets me know that the content I'm providing is useful. And it also lets other moms know that this is a great podcast to listen to. Now that does it for this episode. I will catch you in the next one.